0: welcome to the evolution exchange podcast we bring together the best technical leaders to discuss industry passions challenges and ideas i'm scott hutchinson and i'm your host for today i connect businesses with talented dotnet professionals in the northwest so i'm joined today by a fantastic panel to talk about learning and development amid deadlines before we get into the discussion can we make some introductions and start with yourself gary
1: Hi, uh, yeah. Uh, nice to uh, join the podcast. Uh, I'm Gary Bennion. I'm the chief technology and product officer at Cloud M and co-founder of the company. Uh, Cloud M is a data migration and management platform for Google Workspace Microsoft 365. Uh, we formed the business in 2018 uh, and we're now up to uh, 100 people, an engineer, engineering team of around uh, 40.
2: And James? Yep, I'm James Redshaw. Um, I'm the head of DevOps and UK development at Parking Eye. Um, and before that, I was the CTO of a business called The Modern Milkman. And finally, I will.
3: Hey, I'm Aral Griffith. I've been uh, head of engineering at Bright HR for a while now. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, before that, I used to be at Lake Rooms and Waters. So I've done a tour of a bunch of Manchester places. Um, yeah, that's me. It's beer.
0: Thanks, everyone. And if we could move on to Gary's question, uh, like with most tech companies at the moment, budgets are what they were. What are the most cost-effective ways of facilitating learning and development,
2: James? Well, it kind of depends, I suppose, on what you're trying to achieve at that point. If it's kind of um, general getting up to speed and understanding things, obviously there's a lot of stuff out there online. Um, and we've come out with COVID, and the tech communities are getting back up again um so'm uh, I'm, I'm very much trying to encourage my guys to kind of remember that, that they, they now exist again and um, get out there and start chatting and sharing knowledge because I think that's probably one of the best well yeah I think it's one of the best ways of kind of getting people up to speed and work, realize what's going on in the world. Um, it's not all about paid for um, classroom learning or, you know, um, subscriptions to support site even, even though that's not very expensive. Um, then, yeah.
3: And Darwell? Yeah, so I guess to reiterate, James, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of really good community stuff going on at the moment. You know, It really is lively up after COVID. One thing that's really been kind of key is kind of supporting people in going to those or so giving them a the buddy to go with. You know, those people who haven't been before mm. who you might not be feeling very confident in in going to a room full of strangers right and talking about uh tech and things so you know offering hey i'll come with you um uh, for your first one you know that's been really important stuff that's kind of been cheap and quite effective for me is um doing kind of watch alongs in the office you know um people are always kind of you know watching cut co- um uh, presentations you know or things from conferences uh so getting together in a room or online you know over teams and sharing a video and then talking about it afterwards and and it's kind of a nice kind of background atmosphere of you know introducing people to new ideas and um getting them to engage with those with the people around them that's been really effective for me
0: and would
1: you like to add anything to that gary um yeah just uh, uh, thanks Thanks for the tips. I think, um, yeah, it's kind of just to clarify the question a bit more, it's kind of like, you know, things like conferences to seem like a little bit of a harder ha- ask than they, mm-hmm. than they maybe used to be. So uh, we've been doing a lot around uh, free conferences, um, which, you know, aren't as good, let's be honest, because there's always someone selling something off the back of it, but um, <laughs> they're better, better than nothing. And I think, um, what we've done is really focused on just making sure that we allow people to make time uh, for learning and development. I mean, time is money, but it's not cash. Um, So, you know, if people want to, Use a learning day to spend the day reading a book and feeding back to the team what they learned out of the book. Or We, we do fund book purchases as well. We started a book club where there's a different book. Everybody read. the, the team will read who in the book club once a month. Um, whether they're uh, using Blankist or reading the whole book, uh, I'm not sure, but um yeah, it's just getting creative, isn't it? Because it's not, um, yeah, it's not, it's not the free for all of trading budgets that uh, that it, that it used to be. That's how it feels, um, anyway. I
2: think, I think we've all got teams in there, and I think it's kind of encouraging. It seems to, as you, as it sounds like you guys are doing, kind of to work together and kind of talk to one another about the stuff that they're starting to look at. They may read an interesting article that night, or you know. Um, and just sharing that on a Teams chat or whatever. You know, we've, yeah. we've got um, a Teams group for where all that kind of conversation can happen. Just inspire others to have a look. a dig.
3: Yeah, that kind of peer-to-peer, just like channel and Slack, um, you know, mm-hmm. drop things that you found interesting and it kind of provokes conversation and people
2: engaging with that.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, good, good advice. Thank you.
2: There's probably an element of, as leaders as well, kind of, looking at looking down the line and the kind of things that um may well we might not be using them yet, but may well become something that would really benefit the business and kind of trying to get the team excited about those things. And um if you've got the right characters in the team, some uh, of you know, they'll go off and start having a, a good dig and get excited about it too and start sharing. It's good. It's about breeding that right kind of culture, I suppose. Yeah. And onto
0: James's question: How do you balance between speculative learning that could accelerate the team over knowledge gaps and project needs? Gary.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears> that it's funny because we've uh, we we use a um, agile methodology called ShapeUp. Um, we work in six-week cycles, and then you, at the end of the six-week cycle, you have a two-week cool down now i think if you have to have some of my product teams on here they'd say that oh, cool down doesn't always happen but we're, we're trying to make sure <laughs> it happens and i think by having by having something like that where you have this ring fence time then you know so, some engineers are so passionate about the product that that's what they want to spend that time doing is fixing the gaps whereas other engineers are really creative and they want to go off and mess about with something in a in a language that they've not used before so that I think that certainly helps. Whether it's you use ShapeUp or whatever methodology you're using, set up some ring fence time for that um, kind of freedom to do what do what engineers want to do. Um, so yeah, with that we've, we've we've found that that works. And the other thing we do at CloudM is we have a um, biannual hackathon as well. well. We used to make the hackathons actually quite business focused where. Well, whatever you worked on had to have a business value. That was like pretty much the brief. But the past couple we've done, we've t- we've thrown that in the bin and found that it's you know some weird and wonderful things have been been made and uh, people have learned new uh, new techniques, work with people they don't normally work with. Um, so yeah, they're they're the things that we do. Um, how you prioritize, uh, I. Tend to leave it up to the product team. I think you get certain engineers, like I said, who just want to fix stuff because they're so passionate about the products and others who are really creative and they they want to try something new. So I kind of leave it up to the product teams normally.
3: And uh, well, yeah, we have a thing called pirate time, and I think the name of that is down to a guy called Dave Sellers. Uh, so where you can just go off and you know do your own thing. And again, the thing that we found is like, you know, some people engage really well with it, you know, have to take an afternoon, go off and, um, you know, pursue whatever interest you have. And other people are just so in a product focus that they find it difficult to tear themselves away from that cycle of releasing something to the users and learning from it and going, to, oh, let's do do the next thing on, on that kind of cycle. Um, but just kind of encouraging that kind of, you know, spend some time away from that, do something different. Um, and you know earmarking time for that, and you know constantly reinforcing you have permission to do this. Um, you know mm. you, you're not going to spend days and days doing it, but you, you can. You, you've got permission to carve out time, take an afternoon or a day um you know and let teams manage that themselves um and have that kind of background you know reinforcement or that permission this is a thing you can do and are encouraged to do and we want to kind of shout about those things that you do do and sometimes they've they've turned into products right they're you know these cool Mm -hmm. little things to turn into into products that we now sell um and people can see that and and the result of that um that's really great. But it is difficult getting a class of developer to engage with that where they're so kind of focused on that kind of cycle of making a product. Uh, I guess that kind of will go into the question
2: that I have, I guess. And James, would you like to add anything? Um, no. I think uh, it's important that there is a balance there. I mean, it can be, um, what's the right word? It, you know, it can be tempting to just um, to kind of make uh, – to spend – make sure that the guys are spending time on the stuff that you definitely know you're going to use because then you 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 see that you can directly attribute that to to some value, especially if you try to justify um where where your engineering time is going at exec levels or whatever. <laughs> um if the you know it depends you have to have a good relationship with the exec about um what's going to happen in the future. Um because you know, if, if, the, if you haven't got a reasonable amount of the team kind of looking ahead and coming in with new ideas when you're starting off a new feature or whatever, you go, actually, maybe the, this tech's out there now actually vastly improve over what we currently do. Um, so if, without that investment um, in looking at what's coming down the line, um, it can lead to um, kind of a stagnant product. And actually, ultimately, long-term, so like lower agility of the team to, to move, and then you end up with a massive projects at some point to upgrade um, a refactor so I think it, it's important to get that sort of balance right and I think it's down as the, um, the guys said it's kind of down to the characters in the team um, so um, yeah so it's key for me and um, I think again as leaders is kind of being encouraging people. It's good, you know. You're not in a box. You 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 might have been hired because of a particular skill set, but that doesn't mean it's the world of it's SIT. So <laughs> um, that skill set, you know, as it was at the time you joined, was was a valid and maybe leading edge then, two years, three years down the line. It isn't. And we want to make sure that we've got a blend of those who are happy to um, be really good at a particular thing and those who, re- uh, who want to kind of spread their wings and look at, all the tech and help enhance, I suppose our teams you know, and, and 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 the way we do stuff. Um, yeah, and
0: I suppose when when you've managed to deliver a new feature or, or a new product, as you, as you mentioned, uh, well, d- does that enable you to go back to stakeholders and say, can can we ear more, earmark more time for learning and development because of of the success it's led to?
3: Yeah it does if you've been kind of restricted by a lot of stakeholders right um you know what i found with kind of deadline driven um things it, it's kind of easy to figure out what you do need to learn and and factor that into into that kind of deadline right well, hey we, we need to I, I could think of a project where we had to uh, do some gene learning things um, learn some terraform before we could kind of get to where we wanted to so it's really kind of easy mm-hmm. factoring those things in. So the team kind of did a bunch of learning, even though we had the deadline, because we needed those things for that product to be successful. Um, it's those more speculative things that are dif- more difficult to justify to a stakeholder, right? Of hey, why are you off in in this area learning this thing when there's no kind of clear need for it? And maybe after that kind of deadline, or when you've delivered something, is uh, that conversation becomes easier, right? Before you've got into uh, into that next thing. Yeah.
0: Opening. And Darwell's uh, question, how do you shift the focus of people and teams that have been almost too focused on product development, be it because of deadline pressure or not, onto spending time
2: on more learning and development activities? James? <laughs> yeah, I mean I think this is it's probably a bit of a cultural thing, this isn't it? Um and 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 kind of also the, the sort of business you are, I and mean, if you're in a um kind of a more a client uh, more like agency-style business. Then obviously you, you'd be going around doing you're potentially looking at all sorts of different systems and kind of sort of like hopefully if you're moving folks across different products, then you kind of break that cycle a bit. Um, for us, um, we're we're not that. <laughs> we have we, we build our internal platform, so it, I mean, it is easy for people to um, kind of get stuck in the mindset of what their inter- internal platforms are. Um, and yeah, I think it is important to pull people's heads out um and look wider um because you you know it's important that we invest in our guys and um you know if we have a, we have a team full of who you know you know just to know the tech that we currently use um or the ways or even not just the tech kind of the processes and you know everything else around the engineering function you know uh, this is the way we do it so that's where we do it i don't know how we do it i can be really good at doing that um but it isn't necessarily going to be the thing which is right for the business long term it's right for now it's right for this week it might not be right for six months time um so it's, it's just kind of hard back to that a little bit on that last question i suppose it's is um, it's important that people we do have an, um a good mix of people who are able and wanting to um look forward and uh given the time and Allowed to take some risks, I suppose. I mean some you know, some, you know, a lot of learning is done through doing and making mistakes. Um and you know, if you're in, in a as you're there in normal delivery, you know, it can be quite it can be quite risk averse. Let's well, just do it the way we've always done it because we sort of know that works, even though there is clearly now something out there which would be a better approach, but it feels more risky. So I suppose again, as um leaders, it's up to us to kind of try and create an environments where people feel that they can. Um, you know, suggesting it new ways and we can um um take some risks as um in the in the hopes of and better what we're doing. And Gary?
1: Yeah, I can resonate with a lot of what James has, has said there. Um I think yeah, it's down it's it's down to leadership and culture initially. So it's um really encouraging that innovation um and that mindset. Uh, from yourself as a leader and then in your managers and your management team so it becomes something that is is a bit of a muscle memory default behavior for for people um how do you do that i'm asking myself that question um I think it's making things seem interesting and exciting um that's the way that you present them and you um, you know get the teams to engage in them because you know we all know that quite a lot of software engineers are quite introverted people they're not uh, always the more forthcoming and in, in something that's aside from what they normally do um i mentioned it earlier our our, our hackathon has has become a a thing that everybody's used to it encourages innovation um, so you know things like that because you know and i i kind of as the leader of the team Promote that so that people can see, look, this guy's saying that he wants us to spend time doing this. And I think that helps uh, promote that behavior. Um, <clears throat> I think um, carving out time again, that's making because everybody's busy. So it's okay saying all this stuff. But then again, as a leader, making sure that there is time set aside to do this stuff because um, it's, it's all well and good promoting it. But if people are constantly nose to the grindstone building features, uh, they're never going to. Do it, um, and I, I was trying. I was thinking to James's answer, thinking, "What the hell am I going to add here?" And um, the only other thing I could think, which is, I think it's about um, your really important thing is building a relationship with your sales leadership and commercial leadership, so that you could, you've got a bit more of a forward view of what's coming, um, and then you're a little bit less reactive. Uh, which means that you know, if you know, for example, there's a piece of work in the pipeline in six months' time. And you're sat there as a technology team thinking, well, actually, if we start that earlier, we could do it in X technology. Um, Then the more forward planning you've got, the more that you can facilitate that. Because we all know that if you get something last minute, you're going to default to the technology that you've always used um, because it'll be quicker. Um, So, yeah, it's like making sure you're really plugged into the the, the strategy of particularly now a business it'd be the commercial team um of, of what they're trying to achieve um so yeah
3: I think there's an interesting thing that i've observed where I maybe mean, the thing that i'm struggling with is that it's so easy to pick up a ticket and make a thing and ship the thing and then you get like a, a pat on the back for doing that right there's a reward there's recognition for doing that and there's almost like a path of least resistance right when a developer's mm-hmm. thinking about um, well, what am I going to? How am I going to spend you know the afternoon? Oh well, there's a ticket here that's really easy for me to reason with. I'll do that, ship it. Wow, I feel good about doing that. And it's almost you need to take, help them take the, the harder path because you know deciding to learn something is a little bit harder than picking up a ticket and having a chat with someone and writing some code. I think that's maybe that, that kind of cycle of it's easy to I wonder do if, a
1: reward for it. I wonder if an approach might be to so kind of I don't know. Reward people who take an innovative report approach on a regular basis.
3: Uh, yeah, you've got to shout uh, those out, right?
1: Yeah, it's part of like I mean, it's part of whatever agile methodology you're using. Maybe at the end of whatever cycles you work in, there's some kind of recognition, even if it's you know just recognition. Um, and it'd start to encourage people to do it. I mean, we don't do that, but I mean, listen to what you're saying there, Owlett. Well might be something we try that as well, actually.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because well, it's the age-old IT problem, isn't it? Is that um, outside of IT, people won't care or know about that kind of shifting and moving on. They just see a thing that's now working. Um, so um, it very much has to be driven within engineering. Um, uh, to that kind of method So generally the business wider kind of um. Uh, what's the right word? Rewards or whatever. Probably won't be based on that. <laughs> um, they're both going to be based on delivery and uh, and such. But um, so yeah, um, we all know that you know, if we don't innovate or or uh, keep on top of things, um, then it's going to cause long term issues down the line. So um, yeah, it's definitely for us to get that balance. And as you say, absolutely need to be um, kind of shouting out and um, giving recognition for those who are. Um, Contributing in in more than in, it's hard to say in it in more than just a delivery, but <laughs> um, feels a bit alien. But yeah, more than just delivery.
0: And uh, a question I'd like to add to everyone is I'm I'm not aware of everybody's individual circumstances during COVID, and it was quite some time ago. But one of the key things about the furlough scheme was the staff was um, unable to to carry on training although they weren't working and. Did did any of you, yourselves or your organisations
2: you utilise that time for that? But I was I suppose in an fortunate position in that the, um, the, the um, COVID was um, a good thing for the business I was in at the time. So we were, we actually went through a growth spurt. There was nobody being furloughed. That's all. We were hiring. Um, so we, we didn't get that particular um, benefit. Um, I don't know about the other guys. Huh? Yeah,
1: same so same here. We. Um, Yeah, we didn't have to furlough any employees, so it wasn't really an issue for us. There was a big shift to people wanting to move to Microsoft 365, for example, and our software facilitates that, so we were quite busy.
3: But we were in an interesting position because we do HR software and, you know, um, so we weren't really sure as to what the market was going to be like, you you know, businesses shut down, do they even need anything off us? Um, so we furloughed a bunch of people, but we, the, 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 those of us that remained were busy making software for people to manage their furloughed staff and all that, so they are moving really quick. Um, we didn't do anything particularly with those people that were off. We kind of left them to their own devices. You know, We'd call in and, and check up on them and make sure that, that you know we intended to, to get them back in at some point. Um, but we let them manage their own time, and you know, and um, if they wanted to kind of focus on learning, which some did, uh, we let them, you know, manage that themselves, and uh, didn't really um, try and dictate to people
2: uh, what they should be doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, yeah, we weren't in that position as a company, but obviously did talk to engineers who had been in that position, and and on the yeah, you know, maybe a bit too easy just to say this, but the the good ones are the ones who are already passionate and really see it as an opportunity oh, okay cool i've now got some time to really start playing and uh, and try some cool new stuff um uh, so i, I it, for 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 those guys i don't think there'd be much need for the um for, for the for that company at the time to really motivate them to that it, it'd be something that they'd probably be quite keen to get into anyhow But
3: yeah so one of our one of our guys that were furloughed he started doing a machine learning masters right um yeah. you know we used that time uh to, to pick up a new skill yeah
0: i had a brief sabbatical out of tech recruitment during that time in construction so we was quite busy too and we was we was utilizing bright hr systems so we, we were still <laughs> going
3: <laughs> yeah we were, we were building things frantically just trying to kind of um help businesses through that period right it was it was almost um the ideal for us in terms of being agile and being able to iterate quickly to solve actual problems that businesses were having in that period it was really rewarding you know and having like a super clear mission as to how we can help people that really helped focus us on on what we should be doing before we end the podcast i'd like
0: to say thanks so much to all our guests today for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation Once again, our guests on today's podcast have been Gary Bennion of Halo, James Renshaw of Parking Eye, and Arwell Griffith of Bright HR. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, please feel free to drop me a message. And finally, if you're hiring for a new technical role or looking for a new role yourself, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution.
3: Thanks again, everyone.